Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. The Holy Spirit said to me something that changed me for the rest of my life. Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. And this is the passage in Ephesians that says, you know, you're saved by grace alone. This isn't something you can boast about. And I knew he meant it. Like I believed him, which is what it says in John 5. The only work the Father asks of you is to believe. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinapereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I am so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace, pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. He is having an amazing time on Revival on TikTok, and he is a worship artist. I have with me here today, Stephen McWhorter. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Oh, thank you so much for being here with me. You know, I came across your video, Come Jesus Come, and then The Lord Our Healer. And I was just so blown away by your heart and what you carry and what you're doing for the kingdom. And I had to reach out. You sounded amazing. Yeah, it's been a real special song for us to, you know, comes from Jehovah Rapha, the Hebrew God that heals. And so, yeah, it's yeah. been cool. No, it was just something we wanted to make sure we were, a lot of people struggling with stuff and we wanted to declare his name, you know. So good. So good. Well, I've told our listeners a lot about you. Can you share with them something personal just to help get to know you? Yeah. I mean, you know, my thing, it's not like what you see is what you get when it comes to TikTok and all the things, but we have three kids, three boys, my wife and I, Tara, have been together, gosh, 27 years since we were kids. And we have three boys, 18, 15, and eight. So our house is pretty awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that so much. You know, 
I think sometimes people have this idea, like if you're a podcaster, minister, like have some type of influence that your life always looks like that, but it doesn't. No. It's so interesting how you can be both dad and mom, and then you go up to your office and you try to speak to the nations and declare the goodness of Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, it's wild. I think you have to really be, it has to be an outpouring of who you already are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't personally ever get on TikTok or do my podcast or write music where I'm like, okay, now I'm a different person. It's like, no, this is just who I am all the time. So good. Well, I had such a fun time this morning just re-worshipping to a lot of your stuff. I spent the whole morning and I was like, this is perfect. Now I'm going to get on and talk to you and we're going to do it for the whole world to see, right? Oh, man. Great. (laughs) So good. Well, since this is revealing Jesus, I have to ask you how you met our beautiful Savior, Jesus. And you have this incredible testimony that you put on TikTok. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah. You know, I think the first time I told this story was, I mean, this is 20 years since I gave my life to Jesus, but it feels like yesterday. And it started with like not too many years afterwards, I did a 700 club interview and then I started doing all these other interviews. And then as a musician, signed with Sony with a band called Iron Bell Music, we did for a long time. And the, Mm -hmm. the first song we released was God That Saves. And that was from my story. And so there I was sharing that again. And I've got to tell you, as I tell this story, you'll see it's not the kind of thing you'd ever think you would be shouting from the rooftops. <laughs> you know, yeah. it can be like the thing you'd be telling everybody. But I was raised an evangelist son. My dad was a traveling evangelist. But the man that I saw on Sunday morning and the one that I saw in private were not the same. I would literally see my father physically abuse my mom and then mm-hmm. get up and preach about Jesus. And I said, you know what? If God's real, at a young age, I said, God's real, he's not good. I don't want anything to do with this Jesus guy. And so I started heavily rebelling. Around 13, it was smoking and drinking and marijuana and stuff like that. By the time I'm 15, it's, you know, cocaine, pills, I'm selling drugs. By the time I'm 17, I'm a full-out crystal meth addict, and I'm using crystal meth almost every day for six years or so. And during this time of my life, I am the guy who hates Christianity like hates it. You mentioned the name Jesus around me. Two things are going to happen. I'm either going to cuss you out or knock you out. It was crazy the way I was about it. And in hindsight, I can say that it was like demonic almost. It was crazy, you know, mm-hmm. the way I would react to it. And so I hated Jesus, hated this whole thing at this time. And there were people praying for me. You know, we say intercessory prayer, like people were interceding. It's just a really churchy word for saying people were really praying for me. Yeah. Really praying for me. People would pull over on the side of the road and be just like ugly crying. Boogers coming out. Yeah. That's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Over me coming to Jesus. And I would always say to people, listen, that, you know, for anyone listening, we are such instinctively selfish people that if you ever feel the need to pull over on the side of the road and start ugly crying over somebody coming to Jesus, that is the Holy Spirit wooing you. And he's not just wanting to do something through you and praying for someone. He's wanting to do something in you as well. And there's something important about you getting on your knees and saying that person's name. I think about how the Lord went to Ananias. Why not go to somebody else? Why specifically him? And there's something that God had for Ananias as much as he had something for Paul, you know? And Mm -hmm. so pay attention to that for anybody listening right now. You don't need a professional Christian to do the praying. There's something God's putting on your heart. That's awesome. Okay. 
So anyways, people were praying for me. Fast forward, somebody comes and gives me this book about Jesus. It's called The Case for Christ by Lee Stro. Mm-hmm. And if no one's familiar with it, you know, Lee was a journalist for the Chicago Sun and was an atheist. And his wife became a Christian and he sought out to disprove it and basically to show that she was wrong and all this. And husbands, if you're listening, when you start out with the idea of proving your wife wrong, you're already in bad water. So it's already actually <laughs> go well. Even if you end up correct, you're in trouble. But he went out to do that. What he ended up finding out was Jesus is real. It's all real. And he becomes radically saved. And of course, becomes a prolific author and evangelist for the gospel. But someone gives me this book. And having told you how against Christianity I was, this is probably the most miraculous part of the story. The fact that I accepted it without clawing this person's eyes out, you know? Yeah. So I, I was like, cool, thanks, whatever. And fast forward, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm in this room. Drugs on the side table next to me, house full of musicians, you know, it seemingly the most impossible place for somebody to come to Jesus, but it's the kindness of a very real God to meet a wounded pastor's kid in a place untouched by the hands of man. Like it's just me and him, right? Yeah. And uh, I knew he was in the room with me. You know, I, I won't say I audibly heard him, not that I believe you can't. And I won't say that I visually saw him, not that I could say you can't, but this is there. But I knew he was in the room with me. I knew he was there. And we begin to have this internal dialogue where he's like, Stephen, I'm real. I'm good. I have a purpose for your life. What are you going to do about it? You know, (laughs) I was like, God, I want to give him my life. I want to quit all this addiction, all this darkness, all this depression that I've known for so long. God, I want to, but I can't. I mean, I literally couldn't remember what it was like. This was 11 years of addiction, by the way. Wow. Yeah. And I couldn't remember what it was like to be a little kid and be happy without having something to make me feel happy. And if you've ever gone through addiction, anybody listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I was at this place where I remember being up for four days straight at one point, having the thought to myself, I'm going to die at a young age. Because I can't quit and residing to be okay with that. You don't get further in the pit than that. That's how addicted I was. Mm-hmm. So at this moment, I just was like, God, I want to, but I can't. And the thought more powerful than words, the Holy Spirit said to me something that changed me for the rest of my life. Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. And this is the passage in Ephesians that says, you know, you're saved by grace alone. This isn't something you can boast about. And I knew he meant it. Like I believed him, which is what it says in John 5. The only work the father asks of you is to believe. Mm-hmm. And I believed him. Look him at his word. Like I believe I'm breathing air right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I fell to my knees, gave my life to Jesus, literally went from addiction to redemption. I... I have to say this. I literally quit everything basically overnight, which is crazy. If wow. you know, I was like, I say that, and I know that people hear that and they go, well, you can't say that. If you're in addiction, you can't say that. Well, you'll have to take it up with Jesus when you get to heaven. But <laughs> the, other, the other thing is, I will say this, though, for anybody listening, be encouraged because in the gospel, Jesus never healed anyone the same way twice mm-hmm. because every story has a purpose. If it takes four times, five times, and God pulls you out of this, 
the Lord is going to use your story to draw others to him. Because, listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it took overnight for me. The truth is, is if you'd have told me in that room that night at three o'clock in the morning that one day you're going to tell thousands of people that you were a meth addict, no, and you're going to see thousands come to Jesus, I'd have been like, uh-uh. I don't want people <laughs> to know about this. I want to yeah. move on because ex meth addict doesn't look good on a job resume. Right. Let's it's just start good. over. But you see, God has a way of taking, for anybody listening, please hear me. God has a way of taking what you think will mark your life with shame mm-hmm. and your life with his glory. Because I'm going to tell you, like right now, I'm actually in March. This is crazy. In March, I'm going out on some day with Lee Strobel, leading worship for him as he speaks. And we have to do an event together and he connected and we connected him, myself, Mark Middleberg. And they reached out and like, hey, we want you to come out and start doing some events with us. And I was like, okay, you know, and a lot of people might not know who Lee is, but that is such an amazing thing to me because yeah. 20 years ago in a room, reading this book about this guy, by this guy, if you'd have told me someday, Stephen, meth addict in this room right now, you're giving your life to Jesus, the guy that wrote the book that you're reading right now, you'll be on a stage with him in front of thousands, leading worship, seeing wow. the work of Jesus. I would have said, you're crazy. You see, God writes stories like that. And it gets even crazier. The Lord ended up healing my father. My father got got help. He ended up redeeming our relationship. My father ended up baptizing me and my wife and ended up performing our wedding ceremony. And I saw all this to say, first off, if you're in an abusive marriage, I'm not giving you the okay to stick it out. If you think you're supposed to leave your physical danger, please hear me, it's okay to get out of that situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just say this, like the Lord still redeemed that. It's a crazy scenario, right? And all this is to say, like, when you give your life to Jesus, like, really surrender your life to him. It's like a pebble in the ocean of grace and redemption that becomes like a tsunami Mm -hmm. and starts gulp parts of your life you wouldn't even imagine it would change. And uh, yeah, that's my story. In a nutshell. Mm, I love that so much. You know, what an incredibly powerful story of redemption. And that's who Jesus is. He's the God who redeems and he takes everything. And I love that. I love that you're going to be on a room with Lee Strobel, giving your testimony and leading worship. I just, wow, only Jesus can do that. I want a life that only Jesus can do. I, yeah. I always say, I want to be a part of things where if he doesn't show up, I look stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I'm with you. And that's why I loved your heart. When we first talked, you said something really powerful to me. We were talking about building the kingdom. You know, when I first got out in ministry, the Lord said to me, he said, you build my kingdom and I'll build you. And that's exactly what we're all called to do with whatever testimony we have, whatever influence we're given, whatever resources we have, we're all called to build the kingdom. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you're a business person, if you're a dentist, if you're a veterinarian, God wants to use you to further his kingdom. And it looks different for everybody, but it starts with just a willingness to like take him in his word, you know? Yeah. And begin to take those steps with him. Yeah. It's so powerful you know, what we believed, you know, I've been through 
some really serious healing situations where if the Lord didn't show up, I was really in trouble. Yeah. And he said to me one time, he said, faith is a season changer. Mm. What we believe about God and who he is, is something so very powerful. Mm. And we will live out of our life experiences of who we believe God is. Yeah. If we believe he's good, we're going to experience the goodness of God. Now, the gospel, the word gospel literally means good news. And if you're not getting good news, my friend always says you're not getting the gospel. You know? That's right. <laughs> That's right. If it's not too good to be true, then it's truly not the gospel. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I've seen that, you know, I feel like my life has been, the faith is spelled R-A-S-K. That's what I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. It costs me something to take steps with Jesus and for him to show up. Otherwise, it's not faith. I'm just playing it safe, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of my life has been me going, you want me to do what now? And it's like, <laughs> even the TikTok thing, I was like, I'm not 12 years old and I don't dance. I don't want to get on TikTok. You know, I'm a grown man, but uh, God's like, just watch what I do. And I got on, we put wow. the on Jesus come on. And this was back in the fall of last year. And we got half a million views in almost 24 hours. And then that opened up the live on the platform because you have to have so many followers, whatever. And, uh, you know, as of today, we're over a hundred thousand followers and we've seen, I started going live and asking people to give their lives to Jesus. Wow. And then with churches through a setup that we have of moderators and all that. And we've seen 26,000 people, actually 26,120 some odd people as of last night have given their lives to Jesus only since September on platform. And, oh you my know, gosh. The 100,000 followers doesn't matter. Yeah. The people that are like, I want to give my life to Jesus. Some people say, well, how do you know that's real? I mean, come on. I'm like, look, man, I could do nothing. And that's yeah. not an option. And, you know, churches, you might see 400 people in a year come to Jesus, maybe 100 of them stick it out. And that's unfortunately the law of attrition. You know, it's very much what we see in the gospel. Thousands of people follow Jesus, but only so many stick it out. And even on TikTok, let's say 5,000 people out of 26 mean it. That's still more than a church might see in its lifetime. And so for me... It's like, I have all these stories of these people. Like there's a guy in Oklahoma that was going to commit suicide and was in addiction. And he said, now he's given his life to Jesus on TikTok. And literally this Sunday, he's getting baptized with his whole family. And we've seen a woman go from high priestess in witchcraft in Illinois. And she drove a little to get baptized, gave her life to Jesus on TikTok. I mean, it's just the stories of God, but right. And it's like, who knows what God wants to do with you? And you just start going. Okay, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sometimes we settle, and that's like the worst thing we can do. So there's a difference between contentment and what God's doing and settling for just playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Are you a new believer in Jesus and don't know where to start? First, let me say welcome to the family of God. It's so important to anchor yourself in the gospel and the finished work of Jesus. This powerful workbook includes foundational gospel truths to anchor your heart in new covenant reality and interactive journaling prompts to begin your relationship with Jesus. This workbook includes teaching based on the word of God. It will help you understand precisely why you need a savior, 
what Jesus has done for you, your new creation life in Him, and how to have a relationship with Him. Journal through the pages to dive deep into the heart of God for you as His child and increase your faith as you learn about our beautiful Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of New Believer Workbook, Foundational Gospel Truths to Begin Your Relationship with Christ Jesus today. Links in the show notes, or you can pick up a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPerera.org slash store. Totally makes sense. And I think our Western view of Christianity has more to do with settling and controlling what we can control instead of just yielding to a God of the impossible. I get it. There's a fear there that I understand, but it's not what God desires for your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I was spending some time with the Lord this morning before our talk, and he was reiterating that void, that same message that you just shared, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's so absolutely true. There's such a powerful place to be of being an empty vessel in the arms of the God of the impossible. But he can take something with our lives and truly, truly do the impossible. You know, when I was younger, I grew up in a very difficult, very abusive situation. And my dad would often tell me that I was worthless. And that I would never amount to anything. I would never be anything. I would never do anything. I never have anything. And I look at where God has brought my life. And it was like almost as if every step of the way, every obstacle I encountered, he would say, nope, not you. (laughs) And he would overwrite every single place with his goodness. And the Lord was just sharing with me so powerfully how The Lord doesn't have a worthless mindset. He never sees people as worthless, ever, ever. You know, I see a lot of people being on TikTok and doing these lives. And a lot of time we'll be asking people to give their life to Jesus. And probably the number one thing I see said is, he doesn't want me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm unworthy of it. Yeah. And really coming against that is tricky. And understanding the value that God puts in your life is seen on the cross, right? So yes. you can just see how valuable you are to him just by looking at the cross. And yet people understand that it's not your worth and your value. It's that he loves you and that gives you worth and that gives you value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was sharing with me how he has a worth everything mindset. And so... Yeah. There's something so powerful when we begin to see ourselves as God sees us as worth everything. And the truth is, is that you and I, we were so valuable to Jesus. We were worth the three nails. We were worth the whipping post. We were worth fighting every single power of darkness in the garden. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. We were worth everything to him. And, you know, the world can have like a worthless mindset in the way that we treat each other. I see it in the way that people treat members of the homeless community or other people in their neighborhoods or their communities. But God never sees us like that. He never sees people as worthless. He never sees his creation as worthless. You know, because of the fall of man, this world turned upside down. But the God had had a plan from the very beginning. The Bible says that Christ was slain from the very foundations of the world. Would a loving creator 
treat his creation as worthless like that. You know, it's such a powerful mindset. And I think we need to adopt that mindset, how we see ourselves and how we see others as worth everything. That's good. Yeah, you know, C.S. Lewis said, you've never bumped into a mere mortal. Like everyone, people are important, man. You know, I get on these TikToks and do all these things. I'm like, I'm not out here to build my platform. I'm not here to build a kingdom. I don't need you to follow me. I don't need you to get me anything. There's no strings attached. Yeah. I can't take strings and follows into eternity. Yeah. People are what are important to the heart of God. Yeah. And when you start to really create content and you start to, whatever it is you're doing, you're thinking in the line of like, people matter. How do I love people? How do I draw them to Jesus? Then you start seeing the kingdom come through your life for real. Amen. Amen. Isn't that what it's all about? You know, I think about what our lives are going to be like in eternity. And the Bible says that it's going to take eternity for God to show us his goodness towards those of us in Christ. Can you imagine that for just a minute? Yeah. Wow. It's going to take him all of eternity. I'm going to cry. Yeah. For Um, him to show us that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, people say, or you see throughout the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John, which is like, you know, like, that's my go-to. And I read it a lot. And that. throughout it, he mentioning eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. And mm-hmm. in John 17, 3, Jesus is praying for disciples and others. And he says, God, I pray that they would have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And this is to know you. Yeah. The one true God. And I love that because it's like eternal life we've always imagined is just existing forever. But it's more than that. It's knowing the one who is eternal. Mm-hmm. And it takes all eternity. And to know life everlasting, to know him and for him to show us his heart for eternity. You know, it's just amazing. Kind of changes things, right? It so. completely changes everything. And it, you know, it should change how we do everything, how we do ministry, how we live our lives and how we view God. It's just, wow. Yeah. You know, right now in Kentucky, where I am, there's the Asbury revival that's happening Mm. and it's been going on since last Wednesday at the time recording this podcast, which is February 15th. So such February 8th after chapel, people have continuously been worshiping Jesus and praying nonstop. And people all over the world have been coming. It's just been packed nonstop. Wow. Um, and what I see is the longing mm-hmm. for Jesus, like a hunger for him. And it's starting to spread to other churches. I have a friend of mine at Lee University in Tennessee that they've been worshiping nonstop since two days ago. And on a campus in Michigan, the same thing. And what's happening is I feel like there's this heart for Jesus and this beginning to see how much he loves us and how grateful people are starting to like repent and actually have a true humility and gratitude and longing for Jesus that is getting greater than anything else. Mm. And it really is that awakening to God's heart for us, you know, mm. not yeah. something you can earn. A hundred percent. You know, I always tell people, none of us have anything that the grace of God hasn't given us or done for us or been for us. 
And I think we all need to realize is that his love for us is, wow, it's so much greater than our love for him could ever be. But as we receive his love, we then pour that same love back on him. And it just, wow, he just enjoys it so much. And just, I've longed for this revival that we're seeing. We're seeing sons and daughters truly lifting up the name of Jesus. You know, it's when we lift Jesus up, we get revival. He's our reason. He's our move. I love that song. This is our move. He is our move. Yeah. He's so worth it. He's so worth it. He's so worthy of it all. All of our worship, all of our praise, all of our preaching, all of our teaching, all of it, all centered around the person, the work, all Jesus. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm sitting here just thinking, will you play that song for us? I'm grabbing a guitar. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm in a room where I can get to one. Yeah, so before I play, you know, the thing about this is this is the song, like the return of Jesus, like this longing for Jesus to return. And this is one of the things that I think comes with real revival is mm -hmm. a longing for him to, like, I realized during the pandemic, this was when I wrote this song, that um, I wasn't very good at wanting Jesus to return. You know, that was like this thing that I was like, that's cool, but I'm doing some things here that are pretty great. Maybe just wait. It was just kind of like as if what I was doing was so much better than what right. being here, right? Right. Yeah. And I started to understand like, oh, man, in the Gospels, this was the thing. They talked more about Jesus returning and their longing for him to come back and when he would than they did the cross. One of the last things written in the whole Bible is the Spirit. And this is, you know, Revelations. It says the Spirit and the Bride say come. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, the Spirit of God is crying out for Jesus to return. Mm -hmm. And it's meant to be a crying out that's in his bride as well. That's mm -hmm. the truth. And I was like, man. So this is something like, it's one of those things that when we pray and we pray for, it's not like we're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly, we, you know, we're so heavenly minded rather, that we're no earthly good. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, that's not possible. Right. For heavenly minded, you are the more earthly good you are. You know, the Colossians 3, right? Set your mind above. And I started to realize, man, this is something God wants. And this is the song we released on TikTok that in 24 hours got half a million views. And it was all people crying out for Jesus' return. Not being like, wow, what a great song. But wow, but like longing for Jesus to return. So, mm -hmm. so good. Sometimes I fall. my knees and pray Come Jesus, come Let today be the day Sometimes I feel Like I'm gonna I'm holding on to a hope that won't fade. Come, Jesus, come. 
for the day you return and heal every hurt and right every Jesus. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much. This world's not our home, God. Oh, Jesus, thank you. So if you hear him calling in your heart today, don't harden your heart. Just turn around and come. Turn around and come home to the Father. Yeah, if you're listening right now and you want to find out who you are, fully alive, like the real you, the you full of hope, the you full of peace, the you that longs for Jesus to return. Yeah. If you want to find out who you really are and you want to give your life to Jesus, turn to him today, cry out to him today. If you need help with that, or you want somebody to help you walk through that, I know you can get a hold of Christina here on this podcast, and I know someone would be glad to help you. If not, you can also connect with me with, I'm sure she'll have a link with this podcast and we would love to pray for you and just love you. No agenda. I'm not trying to get you to join a church. Yeah. yeah. I just want to see you come alive in Jesus. Yeah. Now that you are, stop running from hope. Stop running from peace. Turn to the one who is life Yeah. and find out who you really are. The real you. Mm. So good. So good. Oh my gosh, Stephen, I'm in tears. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Mm. So glad. It's an honor to be on here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm. You as well. Well, I hope and I pray that you have been blessed by this podcast. I will have links from it in today's show notes and resources in cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Prayer or wherever you get your podcasts. There you can connect with us and find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Stephen McWhorter. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. 
Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.